1: Law is more than the policeman on the corner. More than the courthouse where our laws are enforced. More than the jail where lawbreakers are punished. In your whole community, there are
0: customs and moral codes which guide your actions. What social controls affect you? In you know, order to judge... Anything based upon a piece of fiction, I think, is really a stretch.
2: This is Life of the Law. I'm Julia Barton. Kathy Cochran is one of nine judges on the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. They hear all death row appeals in the state. This is a story of one of Cochran's death penalty rulings that became de facto law. But the story actually starts far away from Texas, in the 1960s, when Cochran was an army wife in Monterey, California.
1: We lived right above Cannery Row when we were first married, and so I reread all of Steinbeck uh, when we lived there.
2: Cochran grew up in rural California, and she loved how Steinbeck depicted
1: the underbelly of her state. He always has such good stories about the importance of connecting with people realistic portrayals of human beings that were outside of, at least at that time, the general reading public.
0: what did you take out of that pocket?
1: People like Lenny Small. There's nothing in the pocket, George.
2: He's the protagonist of Steinbeck's
1: 1937
2: novella of Mice and Men.
1: George, that's in my mouth. But I didn't, I didn't kill it, George. Honest, I found it there.
2: High school students have been meeting Lenny for decades. A big guy, strong, but mentally disabled. Lenny loves little animals, but often crushes them by accident. His companion George tries to protect him, but they have a rough life as vagabond ranch hands.
1: Here's Cochran reading from the book. George stood up and threw the mouse as far as he could into the darkening brush. And then he stepped to the pool and washed his hands. You crazy fool! Don't you think I could see your feet was wet where you went across the river to get it? He heard Lenny's whimpering cry and wheeled about, blubbering like a baby. Jesus Christ! A big guy like you! Blubbering like a baby. A big Lenny's guy like lip you. quivered and tears started in his eyes. Oh, Lenny! George put his hand on Lenny's shoulder. I ain't taken away Lenny, just for meanness. That mouse ain't fresh, Lenny. And besides, you broke it petting that mouse it. Ain't
2: fresh, Lenny.
1: You get another mouse that's fresh, and I'll let you keep it a little while. Lenny sat down on the ground and hung his head dejectedly. I don't know where there is no other mouse. I remember a lady used to give them to me, every one she got, yeah, but that know. lady ain't here. Where well, there is no other mouse. it's oh, so heartbreaking. It is. It is. I mean, Lenny's sort of the gentle giant not realizing what he's doing, not knowing the consequences. And I think that's part of what was behind the Atkins case as well. The opinion of the court number 008452 Atkins against Virginia will be announced by Justice Stevens. The Atkins case
2: is a Supreme Court ruling from 2002. It says it's unconstitutional to execute mentally retarded people. And yes, retarded is the term the court used. For those
1: mentally retarded persons who meet the law's requirements for criminal responsibility, because of their disabilities in re- areas of reasoning, judgment, and control of their impulses, they do not act with the level of moral culpability that characterizes the most serious adult criminal conduct. Moreover, there is reason to believe that the reduced capacity of mentally retarded offenders means that they face a special risk of wrongful execution.
2: The court ruled that such executions violate the Eighth Eighth Amendment. That's the one that prohibits cruel and unusual punishment.
1: We hold that the Constitution places a substantive restriction on the state's power to take the life of a mentally retarded offender.
2: But the court left the job of actually defining retardation up to the state's. After Atkins, many states adopted a clinical definition based on IQ and adaptive deficits. It's the kind of standard a social worker would use to assess somebody for disability benefits. But the Texas legislature could not agree on a definition. In the meantime, though, death row inmates started filing appeals claiming they had intellectual disabilities. Texas does not like appeals to linger in the system and delay executions. So the Court of Criminal Appeals decided to take one case and use that decision as a precedent for similar cases, sort of a working definition. Kathy Cochran was the judge who wound up writing the state's opinion that became the working definition. It's called ex parte brisegno. Judge Cochran says she was trying to reconcile scientific definitions of intellectual disability with state law. And while doing that, she thought of Steinbeck's Lenny.
1: Certainly, we can all agree that somebody like Lenny from Of Mice and Men is exactly the sort of person that people would say Lenny should not be executed. <laughs> you, like to be a velvet? you bet
2: <laughs> This is from the I, 1992 I movie starring Gary Sinise and John Malkovich.
0: <laughs> You're <nuts. laughs> right here. Don't mess it up. <laughs> Let go.
2: It's a scene where Lenny murders a woman by accident.
1: Let go! Don't let go! Don't, don't, don't you go yelling! Don't, don't go do that! George is gonna be mad if
0: you yell. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS?
2: Judge Cochran wrote in her opinion, quote, Most Texas citizens might agree that Steinbeck's lenny should, by virtue of his lack of reasoning ability and adaptive skills, be exempt. Exempt from execution, that is. But Cochran went on to write, essentially, that Texas would not want to exempt everyone who meets the social services definition of retardation. She set out seven factors for lower court judges and prosecutors
1: to take into account when considering appeals from death row. Things like, is this someone who's a leader or a follower? Is this someone who um, can lie effectively uh, and can spin a good story and keep things straight? You can't spin a a good lie and keep it going uh, if you can't remember things for very long, if you're not coherent, if you can't tell a clear story. Cochran believes her ruling balances claims of mental retardation
2: against the Texas culture that supports speedy executions. Critics say the ruling is riddled with stereotypes of people with mental disabilities, starting first with the use of Steinbeck's Lenny as a baseline. The character is a person who I would say on the face of it was intended to describe someone with moderate to severe intellectual disability, not someone in the the mild end of the spectrum. Margaret Nygren is head of the American Association for Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. She and other critics say defining disabilities on the mild end of the spectrum is much more difficult, and that the Supreme Court's intent was to protect those defendants, people who are just disabled enough to have a terrible time in court. The social judgment uh, may not be there. They may not quite understand that the person interrogating them is being less than truthful. They may not be able to make eye contact. They may um, be so agreeable and wanting to please those around them that they are unable to successfully contribute to their own defense. In fact, it can be very difficult, if not impossible, to win a disability claim on Texas's death row. John Bloom is a law professor at Cornell University. He studied how Atkins appeals are handled in courts around the country. From reading the decisions and having read so many of them, uh, actually all of them that reported since the Atkins decision itself, uh, sometimes it just it's frustrating you know, to read it and to see the lengths to which sometimes uh, you know, judges will go to, to, to have a person who I think any rational clinician would say has mental retardation and say, no, no, they're not. Bloom believes one person who probably wouldn't pass Judge Cochran's so-called Lenny test is Lenny himself. Uh, and after he uh, strangles, you know, accidentally you know, strangles the young woman, uh, he tries to cover it up. That's one of the factors the Bersenho opinion cites uh, as uh, evidence that somebody doesn't, uh, you know, have mental retardation. They would look at the fact, well, he worked, you know, he worked as a farmhand. He was gainfully employed. Order the war and peace report. As we turn now to the case of a man set to be executed in Texas tonight. Despite Bloom is not speaking in the abstract in here.
0: Marvin Wilson was convicted back in 1992 for the murder of 21-year-old Jerry Williams.
2: Texas death row inmate Marvin Wilson had an IQ of 61, which put him at the bottom 1% of human intelligence. He was diagnosed with serious intellectual disabilities. A court-appointed doctor testified that Wilson could barely read, write, handle money. But a lower court ruled that he functioned sufficiently in his younger years to hold jobs, get a driver's license. My name is
0: Lee Kowarski. Lee
2: Kowarski represented
0: him. The court uh, invoked under one of the factors that uh, the client was not mentally retarded because he was married and had a child, as if um, human love and reproduction is something that people with mental retardation are not capable of.
2: Marvin Wilson was executed by lethal injection in August of 2012.
1: That gives a hoot and hell about us. George nice. but tell tell now how it's gonna be.
2: As of mice and men ends, Lenny is hiding out in a grove of trees.
1: We're gonna get a little place.
2: George finds Lenny before a vigilante posse can hunt him down.
1: We're gonna get a little place and we gonna we're gonna have, we have a cow. Some pigs, we're gonna have maybe maybe a chicken. Down the flat, we'll have a little field. The alfalfa for the rabbits. The rabbits. And I get to tend the tend rabbits.
0: The reason that George shoots Lenny is because he knows if he gets caught, this is exactly what's going to happen to him.
2: This is John Steinbeck's son, Thomas. In 2012, he found out about the Texas ruling that cites his father's work. Thomas Steinbeck says his father opposed the death penalty, and he issued a statement condemning the Texas courts.
0: You know, to judge anything based upon a piece of fiction, I think is really a stretch, and I think it would have made my father extremely angry. And uh, the only reason I spoke up was on his behalf.
2: Back in Texas, Judge Cochran is unmoved. I think he
1: would be pleased that the world recognizes that Lenny is a gentle giant who is not morally culpable and that people like Lenny, people who, who are not the worst of the worst, who are not really morally culpable, should never be subject to the death penalty uh, even though they might have uh, caused someone's death. Kathy
2: Cochran says she's far more comfortable interpreting the law than writing it. She wishes Texas legislators would get around to defining intellectual disabilities for the purposes of execution. But for now, or at least until the Supreme Court does something about it, her ruling is the law of the land in Texas. And Lenny is a part of that. For Life of the Law, I'm Julia Barton. This episode of Life of the Law was produced by Nancy Mullane, Shannon Heffernan, Caitlin Prest, Ashley Ann Kriegbaum, Elisa Roth, and me, Julia Barton. Music by Kyle Kaplan, Todd McDonald, and Matthew Darr. Our web editor is Mary Atkins. Financial support comes from the Open Society Foundations with special thanks to Thomas Hilbink. Making Contact is our fiscal sponsor. And a big thanks to Studio 360 from PRI and WNYC where a version of this story originally aired. For more on this story and others on the law and the legal system, visit lifeofthelaw.org.